0: The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington.
2: excuse me welcome back i've got uh with me in the studio today mike sieger hi Hi. how's it going good thanks for coming back in mike and we got a lot of stuff to talk about today uh and if you'd like to ask a question you have a question for us you can call us at 216-901-0945 that number again 216-901-0945 and i had a request this week by someone who had attended one of my prior uh, workshops and she asked that we would recover uh, cover that material again. And that's one of the things, the reasons I uh, brought Mike on and uh, one of the things we are going to be doing together is a uh, website that will offer a lot of this education uh, as part of an ongoing subscription package, uh, as well as some, um, occasionally an individual stock recommendation and updates on markets, which stocks are moving, lots of different stuff. And it's going to be called Look Out for the Bull. Uh, so some of you may recognize that, that are long time listeners. And, um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I do see the phones are lighting up already. If you would like to call us, 216-901-0945. And I'm going to go right to the phone now. I got George. George, you have a question for me?
3: Yes, Bill. Thank you for your show. I always enjoy listening to you. Oh, thanks. Um, you know, uh, first of all, I'm a retiree. Okay. And then I'll declare I'm a Republican. And, <laughs> and we've enjoyed these good returns the last two years. Mm-hmm. And my fear is uh, if people don't support the Republican Party and all this positive energy, um, what do you think will happen to the market?
2: Um and interesting. That's, that's my question. Yep. For it's been. That's an interesting question because uh, way, way, way back in the day when I was an econ major, mm-hmm. and um, Mike Seager, by the way, the guy sitting here next to me, he's an econ major. He goes to case. Yes. So way back in those days, uh, we learned that the most powerful, the most effective form of government, now this is going back to the 80s, so I'm not sure if this is still true or not, but most powerful form was when there was a balance when one party held the presidential office and the other party held a uh, majority in either the congress or the senate so they got more done in those time periods and uh, despite what you know trump's personal um, appearance might be or how he t- uh, appears you know his personality to the general public i'm pretty sure he's a deal maker now just watching what he's done. So I don't think it'll be all that different if they lose control of one of the uh uh either the Senate or the, the you know, the uh, House. But that's my own personal opinion. I don't think there's gonna be a huge change. Um uh, because okay. yeah. I and I think You know that, what
3: I like to say, Bill, is um you know, you don't have to like Trump as a person or right. what have you. Yeah. But I'll tell you what he's doing for the country, the employment, you know, almost a 50-year low. That puts me back in high school. Well, when George, I came out of high school, those yeah. the best of times.
2: Yeah. Well, George, I'll tell you, the, I'm glad to hear you say that because I say that all the time and it just makes some people really mad.
3: <laughs> it makes them mad, oh, God. <laughs> because things are good and people are working.
2: Well, no, because, because uh,
3: someone you, off the government dole no, when, and it builds their self-esteem.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it you yeah, absolutely them a better person. Yeah, yes. And I see what I say is very similar to what your uh the feelings that you're expressing are that I'm for the person or people that I think are going to do the best for the economy because when people have money just like you just pointed out, uh they tend to be happier. Um crime right. rate the crime rate absolutely drops by the way. There right. is a uh, a correlation that can't be argued that, that uh, crimes drop in times of economic expansion. So that's another one of those things I learned, you know, a long time ago before anybody had a computer.
3: <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, uh, and I'll listen to the rest of your show. Thank All right. You, well, Bill. thanks,
2: George. Have a good Saturday. You'd like to call us 216-901-0945. Yeah, that's, uh, that was pretty interesting, the, uh, um, back when I was in college. What I thought was really funny, I had this professor, econ professor, he was, um, his name was Charles Register. The, uh, and I'm not sure how old he'd be today. I think he was 27. He was a full PhD, and this was not the first school, Kent wasn't the first school that he was teaching at. So, He'd been uh, at it for a couple of years already. So to have your full Ph.D. in economics and two to three years teaching under the belt, but under your belt by the time you're 27, hmm. that, that, that dude was like off the charts. Very smart. impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was explaining how the president uh, appointed the head of the Fed. Uh, that wasn't a uh, uh, thing that was voted. And he was saying that, you know, it was independent. They don't really uh adhere to a political party or an agenda and they're there and uh uh and i was asking him when they got appointed and the time period i can't remember what it was but it came up and it was near an election time and i go uh so you don't think the president being able to appoint the head of the fed would have anything to do with his reappointment (laughs) (laughs) he goes oh no they would never do that and i go yeah right
4: (laughs) Well, I, I do have to say, you know, people put a lot of stock in the president uh, <laughs> having a lot of control over right. the economy. Right. I think it's, it's more the people that they appoint.
2: Oh, it is. Yeah. The, the, the most powerful person on the planet is Powell because he's the head of the Fed. Mm-hmm. When you hold the purse strings on the economy that's the largest economy in the world, mm-hmm. then yes, you have way more power than the president does. And, uh, I think it's kind of funny that I'm not sure Trump was aware of that.
4: <laughs> There's a lot of things he's not super aware of, but I think he's, he's appointed some people that have, uh, done very well. Very, very well. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yep. Absolutely. I know,
4: I know I've done a lot better in what I've been investing.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it is a, so, you know, I don't know. Um, I thought Mitt Romney, uh, had a phenomenal, if you laid, looked at the, the economic plan he laid out, uh, wow. If that had been uh if even portions of it had been adopted, and so that's the other thing. Uh the, the partisan stuff, it gets they get so abstinate. Uh obstinate, I'm sorry. The uh uh maybe abstinent too, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're obstinate. <laughs> I maybe mean, that's why they're so grouchy. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> the uh uh they're so obstinate that they they shoot down everything that the other party says, that is just not good. That is not good. You know, we're, we're still all Americans. We still need to help each other, uh, because nobody does anything by themselves. The, uh, and, uh, boy, the better you get along, the better things go. You don't have to agree with everybody, anything everybody says. Wait till you get married. (laughs) You'll find that out. (laughs) Lickety split. Just remember (laughs) happy wife, happy life. (laughs) I wish I'd have learned that lesson. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just kidding. The, uh, but but yeah, it's yeah, the economy is actually in very good shape right now. Unemployment numbers are lower than they've ever been. They have set records, uh, but they've changed how they they calculate the unemployment rate.
4: Yeah, the unemployment is is very very tricky. Um, we've covered that in some of my classes, my uh, my first year taking econ courses, and, right. and there are about four different ways to calculate the unemployment that that vary very greatly. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, it. And here's another thing, Mike. The uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, by the time you can collect all the data that you'd like to have, it has all changed. <laughs> <laughs> You've got 330 million people in this country by itself. And we are affected by foreign countries because we do a lot of importing and exporting. Mm-hmm. So by the time the data is actually <laughs> calculated, it's all changed. Just think about it. I mean... Walmart is one small, tiny drop in the bucket if you look at everything the entire economy. Um, and I forgot, I think Walmart has over 10,000 uh, locations. And out of 10,000 locations, there are at least 10 registers, probably closer to 30 or 40. I don't know. It depends on the size of the store. Mm-hmm. But if you just said they only had 10. So what's 10 times 10,000? 10, That's 100,000. You have a 100,000 cash registers spread out in every time zone, (laughs) ringing as much. They can't calculate what they've done in a day uh, (laughs) for at least a month or so. uh, It takes an enormous amount of time to gather all this stuff. So that's what I also thought was kind of funny about uh, econ. Uh, back in, uh, when I was taking it, it was known as the dismal science. I don't know if they still call it, it that. It still is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's because you, it's incredibly difficult to gather data. Uh, the data, by the time you do gather the data, it, it's already changed. And, uh, one of the leading stock market, uh, or, leading leading economic indicators, actually, that the Fed uses are stock prices. They feel as though, or at least they did. Again, I'm, you know, I'm talking about stuff that happened, you know, Way before you even thought about being born the uh, but the stock market there are people closer to the actual uh sales uh at the major companies, and they know what's going on, they start acting, other people start following suit, so the stock market has a tendency to move before the actual economic indicators move, and that's one of the I thought it was a riot that the the Fed is looking to the stock market for guidance <laughs> it's hard before the horse. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually the uh they were saying uh, yeah there's there's some people that are uh uh waving a, a a carrot in front of that horse, they're dangling the carrot and they're closer to that horse than we are. <laughs> and uh, that's what they're trying to uh trying to do. But anyway. So, uh we got a seminar coming up. I I I got the date and I can't remember what it is. So, uh, actually you'll have to check my website to find out and that's bullingtoncapital.com. And it's going to be an educational. Uh, I got a request from somebody, and I was talking to uh, Mike about this before the show. We got a, a request to do a, a seminar to basically go over the basics of investing, uh, actually stock picking. And you know, I, I if you never plan on picking stocks, you should learn how to do it anyway, uh, just so that you don't get taken advantage of. That that's kind of it, it's self protection. And and by the way, there are a lot of people that uh, you look at my industry, they've made it so complicated that you get a bunch of people participating in the industry who basically memorize everything that they're going to have to uh, know on a test. And they'll never use a lot of that stuff. And then in reality, a lot of it doesn't work exactly like it shows up on the test. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't really drilled down into the essentials and get those down really well, it's very easy to miss.
4: Yeah. There's a big gap between book smarts and, and
2: experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, knowledge is great. Uh, knowledge accompanied by experience a lot better. (laughs) You get to see, assuming that you learn Uh, some people repeat the same mistakes there in, you know, very long time periods. But yeah. So, but if you're learning, I think it's really good. And, uh, it's one of the things uh, Mike and I are working on. We're working on the lookout for the bull site. We'll be able to get that up, um, sometime soon and it's probably going to go through several iterations i would think maybe we can even put up the uh, uh we could put up a bare bones one and then add to it later mm-hmm. and that, that might be a good idea uh, because that stuff is it it's fascinating and when i look at the scans that we're going to be putting up on there um i just ran the scan and um it's amazing the uh how out in front some of this stuff can be a couple of weeks ago a whole bunch of retail stocks and retail has just been beaten you know for, for a ton of reasons. Mm-hmm. The, uh, um, most people are afraid that, you know, everything's going to go online. Well, you know, most retailers have online stores. Now I get, a, I get something every day from the gap and I'm pretty sure the gap probably spends less money on their website than they do on the retail stores. Um, and I think the, with clothing in particular, it's, it comes down to, you have to try some things on. I don't know if you're, your body's anything like a mine, man. Mine is abnormal. I can't, <laughs> I, I have to try stuff on it because it just doesn't fit right off the rack. So, and I can't imagine doing that. I, at some point in time, I can imagine it, but we're a long way off from this yet. The, uh, at some point in time, you're going to stand in front of a, the device like the, uh, uh, you know how Microsoft has that piece of equipment that puts you in the video game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Connect. Yeah. So that can measure you. They they already have the tech. That technology has actually been around since the 80s. Mm-hmm. They could measure you. In fact, Levi's tried to do this in the 80s. Hmm. They had these devices that you would stand in front of it and turn around, and it would measure you uh, with laser, uh super precise, and then they would make clothing specifically for you, uh, for your body type.
4: That's funny you bring that up, because there's actually a company, and I can't remember the name, um, but... You take a picture of yourself, just you're standing up, full right, body, right. from the front and from the side, mm-hmm. and they send you custom shirts that are supposed to fit you perfectly. And apparently, I've never tried it myself, but right. apparently it works. Huh. I don't even need to scan you.
2: Yeah, well, that's cool. The uh, I, I just know that's coming. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we're in the 70s, and Timex is rolling out those really crappy computers that you plugged into your black-and-white television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you look at a, a smartphone, and it just blows that away. So I know that that day is coming uh, at some point in time, but that's not any time real soon. Right. But in the meantime, clothing is one of those things where, you know, you almost have to try it on. And I can't imagine that the profit margins on clothing stores are so high that you could afford to have a bunch of returns that people ordered online it didn't fit or they didn't like it, didn't look like the same color they saw in the store. That's one of those areas where I think the stores still have, probably have a good 10 or 15 years left before they're actually, everybody's doing the, the, uh, bricks and clicks, uh, and the stores are gonna get fewer, farther between, uh, and you'll do a lot of the stuff like the, the measuring, uh, in standing in front of it.
4: Well, it's kind of interesting you talk about that, cause we had, uh, an industrial revolution, especially with Ford, you know, where they, they revolutionized, let's make a lot of one thing. Right. And we're kind of on the cusp of, the personalized revolution. Right. Yeah. We're gonna get this is designed for me specifically, <laughs> which is really
2: cool. And let me tell you all you hackers out there, not hackers, all you programmers out there, when you're doing this and you're doing women's clothing, you need to label that stuff like three sizes smaller than they actually are if you want to sell a lot of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> just a joke. But uh, but realistically those those days are coming. Uh, and when I see the reason I, I bring this up is there were a ton of stocks showing up on the scans this week that were in retail. I mean, a ton of them. And we had talked about uh, Under Armour, I don't know, a little over a week ago. It had come up on a scan. And of course, you know, a couple of days after I talk about it, it goes down. Um But but that's what they do because they're stocks. Anyway, one day last week, it was up a little over 25 percent in a day. You know, one day. And this is these are the types of stocks that come up on the scans. Under Armour was something I understood. Uh, right now, its price to sales ratio is still at a 35% discount to, actually it's more than that, 35%. It's at a big discount to Nike. And Under Armour is smaller than Nike. Um, but their profit margins are pretty similar. So is Nike really worth paying all that much extra for? Uh, and at some point in time, I can't imagine somebody not trying to take these guys out, mm. uh, just trying to buy them. So in, in other words, what I'm saying is it comes up on a momentum scan. That's how it came to my attention. But then I look and it's got a good business, but we're going to have to talk about a little bit. We'll talk about this when we come back from these commercial messages. Listen to Bill Bullington, Mike Cesar, right here on the Bullington Capital Report. We'll be back after these messages.
5: And the enemy is right up in your face when your back's against the ropes and you're feeling all alone. Keep fighting. We all know how expensive long-term care has become if you can no longer live in your own home when you get older, but now there's an alternative which can let you stay at home where you want to be. This is Michael Medved for the good people at Adaptive Home Services. It can be as simple as designer grab bars to keep you safer in the parts of your home which have become dangerous all the way to a fully accessible barrier-free bathroom or a kitchen where everything is safely within reach. Permanent and portable ramps, stair lifts, widened hallways and doors, whatever it takes to make it possible for you to stay in your own home. Call Dick Russ and his great team at Adaptive Home Services. Their number is 844-STAY-HOME. That's 844-STA-HOME. Or go to AdaptiveHomeServices.com. That's AdaptiveHomeServices.com. 844-STA-HOME. Or go to AdaptiveHomeServices.com. That's AdaptiveHomeServices.com.
1: Have you been putting off taking care of yourself? Maybe you're tired and sluggish and you know you could lose some weight. But where do you even start? Well, NutriMost Insulin guarantees a 20-pound weight loss. Dr. Aboud is here to tell us all about it. Dr. Aboud, what's important
6: to know? Every good chef knows that in order to make a delicious meal, he needs the proper ingredients. Our bodies are no different. In order to enjoy good health, we need proper nutrition. If you're not able to identify what your body might be deficient in, chances are you're going to find yourself gaining weight each and every year.
1: Now, losing the weight is great, but what about gaining the weight back? How do you prevent that?
6: And that's the part where we feel it's so important for the follow-up. We want to meet with you during the program every week, and even when the program's over once a month, no charge, so that you never have to gain this weight back again.
1: Take the first step, the hardest step and make the call. What are you waiting for? Call Dr. Abud at Nutramost Solon today at 440-669-0050 or log on to slendersolon.com
7: From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's car donation program. You can donate your ride to the wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply today.
8: Do you ever find yourself saying, I "I need a vacation? Vacation Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated. With online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330 573 8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com or check out the deal of the day on Facebook Vacation Fixation.
5: When I fall so hard that I wonder
2: now and we're back I <clears throat> listening to Bill Bullington and Mike Seeger right here on the Bullington Capital Report. And we were just talking about the, the basics of stocks and why we're going to have a seminar to talk about that and why you should know that um, before they show Mike and I were talking about how long it takes to get a driver's license. Oh, yeah. All, right. yeah, all the work that that involves. And people will let them take their financial lives into their own hands with no training. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, you have to take two tests, one written, uh, one you have to get in the car and drive, and you have to practice for 50 hours before you can drive a car. And I think that should be a requirement from, um, junior high. You do this for kids with investing. Realistically, it's, uh, it can be taught at that age, no sweat. And the kids have enough math already by the time they're in the sixth grade to actually understand it. And I know this for a fact because I, I went to a couple of uh, schools, elementary schools, and and gave them a presentation. The kids were eating it up. <laughs> they were advanced. It was an advanced class, and I think they were uh, either fifth or sixth grade. But, uh, but boy, they just jumped right on that. And uh, it's interesting. They they don't have a lot of, of baggage, by the way, uh, psychological baggage that people carry with them into the stock market they have an idea of how they wish things would work and sometimes they that materializes as how they think it's actually going to work <laughs> and that can be uh, pretty tough you know to find out that yeah it doesn't really work that way in fact stocks are really counterintuitive i mean it it just blows my mind even to this day just how counterintuitive they really can be Look at a company that you think is a great company, it's got great price, and the next thing you know, it's down 50%. You know? <laughs> so if you're not prepared for that, then somebody didn't prepare you for stocks. right? And that's one of our uh, one of the goals at, at Bullington Capital is kind of to, to do that educational process so that next seminar we're going to talk about it. And there's a thing I, I talked about called the 60-second test. wrote an article about it, put it up on a website a long time ago. And I'm going to bring that back, but I'm going to modify that because I think I've found an improvement on it, uh, and it's the Bullington Capital Value Model, that the one then where we take the that measure of cash that the company is generating, and then we divide that by the cost of buying the whole business, and it converts it into a yield. So now you can compare it to a CD. Uh, you can compare it to, you know, there will be a, a million people, by the way, uh, over time that hear this, that say, yeah, but you know, and they've got these, we're, we're, yeah, we understand. See, what we're doing is we're not trying to get this perfect yet. This is a screening tool so that you don't have to waste your time. If you had to look at all, you know, several thousand stocks that you could potentially invest in, and if you look at the small, super small cap and micro cap, now you're looking at probably more like five or 6,000 stocks to have to examine, you will never get through. You'll never be done. So if you know what these things are, are they perfect? No, it's like a sieve. You have a sieve. Some stuff gets through. The bigger, harder stuff doesn't. and That's what we're doing. We're going to narrow down the, the, the list of choices that you have to those that just have the highest probabilities of working out in the future. And there are a couple of different ways that we're doing that. Uh, look out for the bull is actually I'm going to start with the price movement model. We're going to look at price movement, and that's the key determining factor to our buying and selling decisions. not the only factor, but it's the key factor. Um, there's a reason for that, and we'll explain that at the workshop. Eventually, we'll be talking about the, the value model, which is really more in line with traditionally what people thought that they should probably do is buy low and sell high. But nobody tell them what low is. You know, when is a stock price sufficiently low? I don't know. And, and I, in fact, I'll look up a couple of examples during the next, next commercial break. Uh, if you'll remind me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do. Of companies that, that went really low and then got really, really low. Companies that you will recognize. You'll, you'll recognize these names. So there's a lot to be said, I think, for both methods. Um, the ones that went really low right before they went really, really low would not have qualified under the Bulletin Capital Value Model because they weren't generating enough cash to support that low price that ended up getting even lower. Right Now, at some point in time, they did. They got down there, and now they've moved up again. Okay, So perfection is the enemy of profitability in the stock market. <laughs> if you're striving for perfection, that's going to hurt you. You've got to have some wiggle room in there. You've got to let things take place. You handle that risk of not being right every time by diversifying. That's how you handle that risk. You're not going to avoid the risk. Avoiding the risk means I'm not going to invest. Okay, Handling the risk means I'm going to do some smart things so that I can take the risk and I can invest in a stock and not every stock has to work out perfectly for me to still come out way ahead. And, uh, so that, that's kind of our goal. And just looking at, uh, the price movement model, that that's where the under armor came up when I talked about it a little over a week ago and immediately, you know, it goes down. (laughs) So, but it didn't go down very far, you know, and it went down for a few days in a row. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know, one day it's up 25% in a day. And I would love to say that that was skill. Sorry. Um, that was just probability. That, that's all it was. It wasn't really uh, uh skill. And it was getting, there is some luck involved too. You know, had I not noticed it, I wouldn't have talked about it. And uh, hopefully somebody out there bought that thing. That would be kind of cool. But and that's typically what happens when you're doing a, a website like this. You'll get people that, that do buy stuff that comes up on it. And boy, you know, you get one of those big home runs. That's not a big home run, by the way. 25% a day is not a, that, that's not the biggest I've uh, had. It's just it's nice when Mm -hmm. something like that happens, especially when the company's undervalued. If it's undervalued and the price is moving, now the odds have that the probabilities have gotten much higher. If it's moving fast but it's overpriced, the probabilities aren't quite as good that that will keep going. A lot of those stocks will just keep right on going. There's some stock, some cannabis stocks. I can't remember what it was, uh, Tilray, I don't know if you've heard that or not. I had several people calling me and asking me about it. Like, yeah, no, they don't have any sales yet. <laughs> <laughs> you're not investing in a, a real company there, you're investing in a, a, a business plan. An idea. Yeah. And a lot of people put a lot of money behind that, that business plan. So I hope that they get some sales and can generate some profit before they run out of the money they raised. Uh, occasionally people will raise even more money before they get sales, before they get profits. And eventually some of those stocks will go on to do very, very well. But that is a lot riskier than buying a company like Under Armour who already has a brand name, already has a bunch of products, has a bunch of sales and a bunch of profit. <laughs> those are the, uh, the differences. And it's as simple. It literally is as simple as that. And, One of the things I liked about Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch, they spoke very simply. There was this guy John Neff. He was from Cleveland. Actually, worked for National City Bank, and he managed. Oh, I can't remember the fund. He managed the fund for Vanguard. Vanguard came and uh, picked him out of and had him put him in charge of this thing. And at the end of his career, he was uh, his track record was thirteen and a half percent versus nine for the S and P five hundred. Most people don't think that that's a lot. That's actually 50%. It's 50% better. Uh, four and a half percent increase is 50% of nine. So he's actually 50% better and get a calculator sometime. Put over 20 years, a 9% return and then a 13 and a half percent return and see what you think. Okay. <laughs> Nothing so, to sneeze at. Yeah. it was the, uh, it was because of the time he was investing, uh, and managing the money, the markets weren't doing very well. For a large portion of that time, they weren't doing well at all. So for him to be able to retire with that kind of track record, that is awesome. It's amazing. And those guys were so low-key. And they talked in terms that almost anybody could understand. And it's actually one of the reasons uh, I gained a a pretty good understanding myself. It was guys like that. They were out there, and they were putting stuff out there, uh, and they're trying to talk. And I know if you're brand new to the industry, or if you're just out of college, or maybe you're in college and you're studying for the first time, you're going to hear some terms that you might not recognize. Just go to Investopedia, look it up. Over time, it's going to make much more sense to you, and uh, the basics are really simple. In fact, both Peter Lynch and Warren Buffett quoted used the same quote, and it was, invest in a stock that any idiot can run because eventually one will. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was kind of funny. I know what they meant. They, they weren't being facetious. I mean, they were lighthearted. You know, they were not attacking anybody, uh, but they were just saying simple businesses tend to be more profitable, easier to run and end up performing better in the long run. And I would have to agree after all these years watching that, trying to take that into account. I even went so far as to, if I couldn't tell what the business was doing and I'd already spent 15 minutes on their website, you got to go to another business. That one's too hard. <laughs> That is way too difficult, and so that that makes most um companies that buy a bunch of other businesses not all that attractive you know that 's or if they 're in a bunch of different business lines, one of the problems i think g e has is they 've got a bunch of different business lines, a few of them went bad, and they 're dragging down a lot of the more profitable businesses there and that 's a risk uh Peter Lynch called that diversification instead of diversification. <laughs> the companies would decide to diversify their income streams they would have been better off buying shares back and increasing their dividends so that they reward the shareholders rather than investing in businesses that end up costing them money and actually threatening their existences that's yeah that's really rough so all that kind of stuff kind of stuff we talk about and one of the stocks that came up on the scan is uh uh peelic uh temper i can't it's called Temper sealy Now, I was looking at the word. Sealy and Tempur-Pedic actually merged. Or one, oh, really? Yeah. One bought the other one. And I remember when the uh pedic was first coming out, it was all the rage. Boy, that stock just flew. It got to a point where it was not underpriced by any means that you could uh, imagine. So, if you liked it and you liked sleeping on the mattresses, and uh, people that uh, really like being really warm at night uh love those mattresses, that stock went from uh, 83 bucks and actually here in 2009, it goes from a low of five bucks to 83 bucks (laughs) in three years, three years. And then in 2012, it got all the way down to 20. So you went from nine to 83 to 20. You know what? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's enough to drive someone crazy, (laughs) especially if you loved that product and you bought a bunch of it, and you held on to it, and you didn't know when it was overpriced and when you might want to take some profit out of it. So those kinds of things are not that hard to learn. They require discipline. That's it. And when you look at the math that we're going to be showing on how to pick these stocks, how much to put in them, when to sell them, I think it's so much easier. Is it going to be perfect? No, absolutely not. You can't be perfect in the stock market. And if you've ever had a girlfriend or if you've ever been in a serious relationship, you already realize you're not perfect. <laughs> That's a corny joke. Sorry about that. But you really can't be perfect in this stock market. It is really difficult to do that. And the goal is not to be perfect. It's to be profitable. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Don't try to be perfect. Just try to be profitable. Give yourself a fighting chance and uh, one of the great things about having a, a young guy around is uh this is the like the first time he's ever heard a lot of this stuff. I know a lot of you guys are probably going to another station right now that are long-term listeners cuz you've heard so <laughs> heard it so many times. But it hasn't changed. It's the same stuff. Uh some some stuff has changed. In fact, the way that these stocks move today, uh they're a lot faster in both directions. Both directions are a lot faster. I remember when I first started this, I mean, it that was like watching paint dry. You know, it was, <laughs> or it could be. The, uh, it could be, most of the time it was like watching paint dry.
4: Yeah, volatility is the name of the game today.
2: Yeah, and it is, it's been increasing, and a lot of that's because of the computers. So uh, there are ways of dealing with that. You know, and if you make the adjustments, I think you're going to be fine. I think the economy is going to be really fine. I think I forgot to give out the phone number again so you guys could call and ask questions. So it's <laughs> actually 216 901 0945. 216-901-0945 if you want to call us there. If you if you hear something you want to call in. By the way, here's another thing I really like to, to simplify for people. It's called retirement planning. <laughs> you are never too young. If somebody had told me when I was 12, if somebody had told me this, I promise you I would have understood it and uh, I would be um, doing something different right now, I think. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I probably just have one fund instead of managing multiple accounts. But yeah, because I really like what I'm doing a lot. But at 12 years old, you're, you're old enough to understand these concepts. So you can bring your kids. I think it's a good idea. I'm going to try to break it down so that uh, anybody can, you can memorize some of it. And by the way, you will be memorizing a lot of stuff. It's just the, the parts that you can't memorize uh, that can't really be described are the things like invest in a, in a company that any idiot can run. Well, what does that mean? Uh, and we're going to talk about that at the workshop. We're going to talk about how you can deal with that, even if you don't know anything about stocks whatsoever. Okay. Or if you're a seasoned pro, uh, there's probably going to be some stuff there for you because I've been doing this a long time. And, you know, I'm sure there's things people that are doing things that are in the industry as long as I've been that have been doing different things. There's going to be a lot of things they know about their specialty that I don't. Okay. So. They hear the music. That means we got to take a real quick commercial break. Listen to Mike Seager and Bill Bullington right here on Bullington, on the Bullington Capital Report. We'll be back after these messages.
0: Seems like all I could see was the struggle.
6: Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. How much snow on the roof is too much? That depends a lot on the way your roof was constructed. Steep and smooth roofs tend to shed snow easily, while roofs that are only slightly pitched or flat tend to collect big drifts. Another important factor is the weight of the snow. Removing a heavy snow load can be tricky. If you have a multi-story house, you'd best not be climbing up and down icy, cold ladders to dizzying heights. Better to leave that to licensed, insured pros who have the right equipment to get the job done right. On the other hand, if you have a single-story home, you can use a long, telescoping snow rake to pull snow off the roof. One caution, though. Rakes that come into contact with shingles can do a lot of damage, so look for sturdy models with small rollers that keep the edge of the rake away from the shingles. Finally, before you start pulling snow off the roof, put some thought into where the snow is going to land. You don't want to damage your plants. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila.
7: Let's simplify window shopping. You deserve a great product at a fair price. Empire Window Company's been serving this area for 58 years. They've got a lot of satisfied customers, like Big Chuck.
3: Len, over the years, I've seen a lot of businesses come and go. Empire Windows has been in business for over 50 years. They're an honest, family-owned company that you can trust. They offer the highest quality windows installed by experts at a fair price. I have Empire Windows in my home.
7: And how does this sound? Eight quality windows locally built for your home from $58 a month from a name you can trust for 58 years. Empire Window Company, 855-76-Empire. Thinking about vinyl siding? Try 35% off and free gutters with your siding project. Enhance the beauty and value of your home. Windows, siding, doors, 58 years in business. That's a lot of satisfied customers. Empire Window Company, 855 76 6Empire.
1: Temperatures are starting to drop, and you know what that means. Old man winter is coming soon. It's time to take a look at those windows, doors, and other problem areas of your home before it's too late. Now is the time to call Joyce Factory Direct, Cleveland's family owned window manufacturer and remodeler, to have one of their experts meet you for advice and on the spot pricing. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features state of the art technology like Thermocore composite reinforcements and their exclusive Smart high performance glass. which means you'll be getting the most energy-efficient windows for your home directly from factory. Customers love how much warmer their house is and how easy the windows operate and clean. Every window is made specifically for your home and installed by factory experts. Let Joyce Factory Direct improve your home now before it's damp and cold. Call to schedule a free appointment, 440-243-5700, or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Looking for a great way to save on taxes? Look no more. Just call Our Lady of the Wayside at 1-800-368-6262 and ask about their car donation program. It's simple and it works for everyone involved. You donate your ride, you write off the selling price, and the money goes to help the physically and mentally challenged citizens served by Our Lady of the Wayside. The number to call, 1-800-368-6262. Well,
5: you want more, so get more. Need your ride to Our Lady of the Wayside. God, with
2: all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all And we're back. Hey, listen, if you'd like to call in, we got about 15 more minutes here. The phone number is 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945, and you're listening to the Bullington Capital Report. I am Bill Bullington. I'm here with Mike Seeger. Hi. And, uh, yep. and we were just talking about an upcoming seminar. It's not even up on my website yet. It'll be up uh, probably on Monday. And we're going to be covering the basics of investing in stocks. Uh, the reason that we're doing that is it was requested, by the way, by someone. And the uh, um, I think it's really important that you have the information. Even if you never plan on using it, knowing how to do it is going to make you a better investor. It's going to make you a better client. You'll understand more what your financial advisors are telling you. You'll get along better. You'll feel better about what you're doing. And hard to put a price on that, but I'm going to. It's called free. <laughs> <laughs> the seminar is completely free. And uh, you just, uh, uh, again, it'll be up on either Monday or Tuesday. And uh, feel free to sign up for that or call and, and learn more about it. And uh, Mike requested, you know, during the commercial break here, I would talk about the actual formula for the value-oriented model that we'll be publishing at some point in time. And uh, I think that that's probably a good idea. And so the, the formula, and incidentally, not only will it be up on the website every month, if you were starting, you're going to start basically the first of a month. If you were starting, we're going to update that list so that if you are starting that month, that you could get started with those stocks. Now, you can start any time during that month. Your returns are going to be a little bit different than somebody that started on that actual day. But uh, that's okay. The uh, And then every six months, you're actually going to update and rebalance that. And you're going to use this formula that I'm going to talk about right now. And the formula is not magic. It's basically very practical when you take a look at it. You're taking a measure of the company's cash flow. It's called EBIT, earnings before interest and taxes. And you're going to divide that by co- the cost of buying the entire business, which is called enterprise value or EV. Now, if you don't, No, those do not try to write this down while you're driving. (laughs) (laughs) We will cover this a million times. So don't worry about it. It'll be up on the website. It's going to be, uh, we've got, we're going to have some articles about it. And what you're doing is you're converting a stock into a a yield so that you can compare one stock to another. And the idea being that you'd probably like the ones with the highest yields. And uh, we'll be talking about that for a very long time because it changes. You know, share prices move up and down a lot, like a lot, so that yield changes a lot. You could actually have a company go like, well, look at uh, Under Armour. It came up on that list. That was one of the lists, and uh, and it jumped twenty five percent in a day. Now that that's unusual. <clears throat> actually, I, it's not as unusual as you think it might be. But the uh, uh, that was lucky. No, that just got lucky, and that's what you're doing here. You're putting yourself in a position to get lucky.
4: Yeah, I when you first explained the value model to me, it was a lot of numbers, and I was very confused. But I, I like to look at it like you're walking into a store, and basically, this is a way of finding the best products that are on sale.
2: Right. Yes, best products on sale. That, that's a good way to uh, talk about that. I got to take a real quick phone call, and I got uh, Jerry. Jerry, how you doing?
9: Hi, hi, Bill. Um, Obviously, at this point, the uh, market has baked in what the feel the results of the uh, midterms will be. But long, long term, uh, where do you see things? Uh, how, how are they going to be affected? Assuming the Dems take the House and everything else remains constant.
2: Well, actually, we were talking a little bit about that at the beginning of the show, and
9: okay, I'm sorry, I missed it.
2: That's okay. Um, if you. Look historically, and I, I actually I, I have to preface this by saying, this is the way it was back when I had very thick, dark hair. <laughs> <laughs> me too. yeah, yeah so uh, I don't have any hair now. <laughs> I'm right behind you. The, um, the, the strongest form of government was when there was a division of power between the president's office and Congress and Senate. So it was uh-huh. it was actually a mixed bag that ended up getting the most done, and I thought that was really cool that was really interesting the uh um and I think there's been there have been very few times when you've had such a um overwhelming majority ever take the house with such angst built up <laughs> <laughs> sure sure and uh that is uh things will things will actually get done that way, not in a... Uh, I think you need to be bipartisan. I, I really think you need to work together. And ho- I, I agree with that, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm hoping that... So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'm that sorry,
9: works. With the, the, last, the last two years, obviously, we've seen a very nice movement to the up. Uh, is there... Assume we do get split government. Is there much room for upward movement? Or, I mean, I yeah, think the markets are saying, hey, hey, you know we have the best. We have the best of all worlds, or at least that's what they're saying now. How would going to a split government uh, that you'd think that would drive it down a, a bit, wouldn't it, or how how could it make how could it benefit it?
2: Well, the reality is, no one's going to know until it's too late to do anything about it, anyway.
9: Okay, it's very true. Very true. Yeah,
2: that that's that's the absolute truth. So anything else beyond that is conjecture.
9: I
4: would like to say that um, we. Uh, you know, when you talk about the the split government between the two parties, I think they would have been a lot more effective a, a little while ago when they were kind of nicer to each other. So you you still might be right about today, um, but I think uh, if if let's say that the we get a blue wave, um, it it might slow us down. That's my opinion, but you know, yeah. I'm one guy. And well, he's I'm a funny. college student, and
2: uh, he's but he's very smart, and he's he's working at it. And uh, so, realistic, and I agree. You, you you can't really know, Jerry. That that's the bottom line. You just don't know. Yeah. You know, so many things well, have I'm happened.
9: Trying to make a decision based on a historical perspective rather than anything else. That's Bad right. idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's good
2: calls, to it's good to have some knowledge of what's yeah. happened in the past, but you have to be you have to be aware that there are lots of new factors that are coming into play that weren't ever here before. It's sure. it's never been quite this way ever in the history. And by the way, that's always been true. <laughs> you yeah. have some similarities, but man, those things and something that works like that has a high correlation of having worked in the past. It'll work until one day it doesn't.
9: Yeah, you know? very true. And unfortunately, kind no, of a contrarian
2: attitude. <laughs> well, it's actually just observing life. You know? Yeah, that yeah. works until it doesn't. And uh, so yeah, you stop. right. But anyway, All right. uh, reminds me of an old uh, coach uh, I used to have to say, "How long are you going to run that play until it stops working? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> until yeah. they make an adjustment?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
9: yeah. Okay. Well, I, I personally, I kind of see the market treading water at this point. I wonder, you know, it can go up a little, it can go down more, but uh, I don't see it going anywhere, you know, significantly. But that's just my feeling until. Until it does have a breakout,
2: yeah, and there are lots of things that are happening that that could cause that, um, and it doesn't have anything to do with politics. So, and that that's the good yeah, news.
9: World, world environment, uh, terrorism—you know, the, the whole
2: thing. You got some stuff that's coming down, like right now. That's that's bigger than anybody imagines. I don't know if you remember way back in. The, you've been listening for a very long time. Um, I don't know if you remember back in nineteen ninety-six, but I still have the cassette tape. <laughs> Okay, the cassette tape, Jerry, (laughs) I saved this tape. It was from 1996 when I was beating on the table saying you got to invest in this company. It's called Qualcomm. That was when I was young and dumb and I would give people specific advice. And Qualcomm went nowhere. It stayed in a 38 percent trading range. You know why I know that? Because it was so painful for me. (laughs) It stayed in a 38 percent trading range all the way up until 1999 when it went up 2700 percent in a year wow okay wow. so in one year one year go look it Jeez. up get get go to wow. freestockcharts.com and look that up pull up a monthly chart wow. of that. Amazing. Okay. so here's okay, what, I'm telling, no, here's what okay, I'm telling you now here's what i'm telling you the the reason that i was so felt so strongly about that was Qualcomm was the only company in the history of the world that had ever gone from uh, under a hundred million to three hundred million to six hundred million in three years. At that time Jeez. at that time, remember that's nineteen ninety six. Okay. We had a lot of inflation since then. Yeah, the, uh, but at that time they were the only company in the entire world that had ever done that. And you well, know what and okay, you know, one no, more- no 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 you gotta let me finish. You know what happened okay, to the okay. You know what happened to the stock? It went nowhere. (laughs) It went up and down 38% for three and a half years. And you know why it did that? No. Because it's a stock. (laughs) Because that's what they do. Now, eventually, value finds its way into the market. It does. And then that got hopelessly overpriced, by the way. In fact, I held on to it a lot longer than I should have. I made more money than I should have. I knew better than that, but as soon as I sold it over the next couple of months, it actually went up and doubled again. Wow. But then it crashed, and it's selling right around, I don't know where, it's, it's selling close to the same prices that uh, uh, it sold for about 18 years ago. So that that's what happens when they get super overpriced. So that's what you get for knowing, by the way. When you actually know the future, okay, that's what you get. You get to sit there and wait for everybody else to recognize <laughs> what you already know. And it's rough. It, it can be very rough. Hey, listen, I hear the music. I'm sorry I talked too much. But uh, give us a call okay. back next week. We'll talk to more about it. And you're listening to Bill Bullingham here every weekend with uh, actually Mike Seager today, uh, 11 to noon on 1420 The Answer. Thanks for coming in, Mike. Oh, no problem. It's good to be here. Thanks. No, You guys feel free to go to my website and reach out to us if you'd like to. Have a good weekend, good good luck, and good investing.
0: You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com.
8: or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.
0: The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media.